Welcome to the Fierce Authenticity Podcast, where we're illuminating and dismantling all of the ways supremacy culture has impacted our relationships with ourselves, with source, and with others. Not just the overt ways, like racism, sexism, ageism, alcoholism, and all the other isms, but also the sneaky, cunning ways you wouldn't have thought of, like perfectionism, imposter syndrome, judgment, burnout, the not enoughs, and the hustle to achieve. I'm your hostess, Sharani M. Batuk, and I'm a relationship therapist, leadership development consultant, and author of the book series, Fierce Authenticity. Whether you're a returning listener or you're new here, I want to extend a very warm welcome to you and invite you to connect with me through the Fierce Authenticity newsletter community. If you're ready to rise above an inherited systematic invasion rooted in fear and lack so that you can calm and refocus those energies towards reclaiming a fiercely authentic personal relationship grounded in an abundance and love that is so radiant all your other relationships are elevated with you, then this is the space for you. I invite you to visit www.fierceauthenticity.com slash connect to join me. I'm so excited that you're here. And now let's dive in. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for our episode today. I am going to be introducing you very shortly here to our next guest on the podcast. And gosh, I have to warn you, this episode was recorded about six months ago. So it has been waiting for the perfect opportunity and the perfect moment, quote unquote perfect, to be shared and expressed. And it feels the most aligned and the most appropriate to share with you today as we've been exploring the depths of the waters of authenticity and attachment over the last several episodes. You know, over the last several episodes, we've really been exploring how systems of supremacy and oppression teach us that we have to be either authentic or attached. When in reality, healing looks like being able to choose the both and, that you can be authentic and you can be attached and in relationship with others. So that is why I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Cristina de Los Angeles. Cristina is a marriage and family therapist, associate, human design enthusiast, and relationship coach. Cristina integrates her passion of couples therapy, her own life experience, and the study of psychology and human design to help others create healthy and harmonious relationships with themselves and others. And you guys, the reason I'm so excited for this episode, especially at this point in the podcast, is because Christina and I really take a deep dive into 
human design as a method of learning and understanding ourselves and understanding our partners or understanding our children or understanding those with whom we're in relationship with. That really allows us to connect with a deeper authenticity within ourselves and also a deeper authenticity for those with whom we're in relationship with. And as you recall in the previous episode, I closed out by sharing with you that when we choose authenticity, our attachment with others naturally strengthens and grows. And so that's what makes this conversation so exciting because Christina and I are speaking about human design as a way to understand, as a way to connect not just with our own authenticity, but also in our attachment relationships with others. We get to be both authentic and attached. That is what's so exciting about this episode. Tune in, bear in mind that it was recorded six months ago, and that both she and I have grown significantly since the time this was recorded. However, this interview was too valuable to not share with you. And so as you're listening to this episode, I invite you to take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories, and please tag myself at Sharani M. Batak and Christina at Christina underscore DLA and share with us your thoughts. What are you getting from it? What insights or ahas are you experiencing? And Share this episode with your friends because there is such deep value and power and healing and magic and transformation available to you in today's episode. Enjoy. Welcome, Christina. I am so excited to have you with us today as a guest on the Fierce Authenticity Podcast. I have been following your work and am super, super, super excited just about what it is that you're bringing through and the way you're utilizing the tool of human design to help support women, individuals, couples, even parents and children and friends and business partners in their relationships with one another using not just your background as a therapist and understanding systems and macro and micro and how they all impact each other, but also using those quote unquote alternative tools and practices that supremacy culture kind of guffaws on, you know, like, oh, that stuff's not real because there's no empirical evidence to back it up, right? And that's just that programming of supremacy culture. And, And so I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. I've heard a lot about human design and have dabbled into it a teeny tiny bit, but it is so complicated. And so I'm looking forward for our listeners to learn from you and hear the magic that you have to offer. So welcome. And I'd love for you to just tell us a a little bit about yourself and who you are so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Thank you so much. And the feeling is so mutual. Seriously, like I'm 
inspired by the work that you're doing. So I am so grateful just to have this opportunity to once again, have another soulful conversation. Um, every time we do have a conversation, it really does light me up. And to answer your question, <laughs> I am a wife, a mom. Um, I am a therapist. I have worked with couples with children. I currently work with, um, children in the foster care system. So that's currently where I'm at. My passion is really around helping women and couples is something that I do on the side through relationship coaching and building strong relationships. And that's kind of like where I, um, my passion has always been. And I came across human design actually maybe two years ago. And when you said how supremacy culture has dismissed human design and things like it because it doesn't have the empirical evidence or those types of things, you really nailed it. And for me, when I first came across it, I had that reaction to it. I was like, mm, what is this? It just sounds woo-woo. And to be honest, I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> like I just wasn't. And interestingly enough, I had began a journey into just really exploring different esoteric modalities and different practices. I got into Qigong, which was something very new for me. Then after that, I came across human design again and just kind of like popped up and this time I was ready for it. And it made so much more sense to me. Um, and I had, I think, a lot more respect for it too after experiencing what I did and learning what I did before coming back in contact with it. And also I had my own experience with it. I think that's what's important for people to use their own experience with these things. And it resonated so much that I couldn't really look away after that. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is too good. This is speaking too much to me. This is like, it really resonates. So since then I, I really just dove in myself. So I'm a, a very much a self-learner and dove in, did all the research, got all the books, practice the things and then started doing readings for people. And from what I've experienced, human design has not only been like this really beautiful tool in exploring the self, but also in relationships, in relationships. And like you said, the supremacy culture looks at what's better than what's less than in human design, we're looking at what's different and what's the beauty in it. How can we better honor each other's differences and connect? So that's what really drew me to it. And that's where I'm at. <laughs> and I love that so much. Like that human design is really about what's different and what's the beauty in it. Because a lot of what we've learned under the conditioning of supremacy is that what's different is bad. And that's how we end up in the position that we find ourselves in in the world today, right? Because there's been so much othering and vilifying of the othering and making that like the bad person or the bad way of doing things. And instead, I just love the way you said it, that human design is a system that is really about honoring the beauty of the differences. Exactly. It really is that. And there's so many different layers to it. And one of the things that I even noticed in my own relationship right away is in myself and my own design. I can go a little bit into like explaining a little bit of like what human design is, if you'd like, because I know for some people it might be like, what are you talking about? 
<laughs> yes, and I definitely want to hear Christina's explanation of that. And first, let's just stay right here with how it like showed up for you. How it really worked. I had the experience of like, oh, not only does this resonate with me, not only do I feel really seen by what I'm looking at and reading, but it also made me realize, wow, I got to see my partner with a little bit more clarity and a little bit more compassion. And I saw where, while there is this pressure, this conditioning to be a certain way and how many of us are maybe living and feeling pressure to be something and work against our own energy and against what we truly are. So one thing that I noticed, I'm a manifesting generator. My husband's a generator. And not only was I doing this to myself, I was doing it to him. I was like, we need like slow down. Everyone needs to slow down. (laughs) And, And I was like always trying to like tell him like, you really just need to rest. You're just going, going, going. You need to rest. You're doing way too much. And no, he's a generator. Like I need to get out of his way. I need to allow him to do the things that really light him up. Like that's how he generates more energy. And since I've done realize that and just honored, like that's his energy. That's his, that's what he needs. I've stepped out of the way and it's been a lot better. (laughs) I'm not fighting him and he doesn't feel bad for putting, using all of his energy, you know, throughout the day. Cause when he does do that, he is able to rest better. And I noticed for myself, it was really this moment of not guilting myself for having multiple passions and for not always completing every single one of those, but really to give myself permission to trust my inner guidance and what is for me to complete and what is for me just to experience and let go. I love that so, so, so much. And if our listeners could see us right now, I'm over here cracking up because I know that dialogue of telling my husband to like slow down, rest, take it easy, blah, blah, all those things. And I again chuckle because that is the programming of supremacy conditioning that I think that I know what's best for him when in reality, I don't know what's best for him or anybody else for that matter. Some days I don't even know what's best for me. Keeping it humble, you know, I'm human and I'm right here with the rest of you. And what I also appreciate that you said is that human design also helps in understanding how to work with our energy versus working against it. And what you said about so many of us work against our energy, that's 100% spot on. A lot of my work has been with powerful women in leadership and it always comes down to pushing so hard against what comes as natural. So Christina, I know that we've already put out so much different verbiage with generators and manifesting generators and energy and all this other stuff. And I would love for you to share with us as simply as possible, because human design is so complex. Can you share with us a brief overview of what is this thing called human design that we have been talking about for the last 10 minutes? Yes. Okay. So I will keep it as brief and as simple because it's something that's supposed to be not overly complex for people, (laughs) but it is a rabbit hole. So in a nutshell, human design is a newer system, but it's the science of differentiation. And what it has done is it's taken five different ancient systems 
So you have the Hindu chakra system, you have the I Ching, we have the Kabbalah and astrology, and then quantum physics, and uses all of those systems, synthesizes them. And with your birth chart, so your date of birth, the place of birth, and time gives you your energetic blueprint. And what the heck is the energetic blueprint? It shows you just energetic themes in your life and areas energetically where you may get stuck or where you are open and where you're here to really learn. So that's in a nutshell what it is. And it also is a system that helps to just take a look and understand also how you may interact with the world and how you may best make decisions. So I'm going to keep it as simple as that. (laughs) I've actually never really heard about it as an energetic blueprint and how we interact with the world. Because every time I've looked it up, I get pages, long articles like describing it. And it's just so over my head. So I really love how approachable your description was that it really gives us our energetic blueprint and how we interact with the world. Mm-hmm. based on a combination of these five systems, the ancient wisdom, and just bringing it together, almost like culminating it into this rich, robust, because those human design charts are super robust. They are. <laughs> For anyone who hasn't done their human design chart, you can Google it. And actually, you could even visit Christina's Christina. Instagram and the link in her bio has a spot for you to create your own human design chart. So Christina, can you drop your handle real quick right now so that people know where to go? It's going to be in our show notes and stuff, but just right now, what's your handle so that people can go and make sure they follow you and click that link to get their chart? Yeah. So it's Christina underscore DLA. And if you click on link, the link in the bio, um, you just go to my free, I think I have it under my free body graph. And um, you can also go to mybodygraph.com and you have your information, you plug it in and it'll give you your body graph and it'll look crazy and probably complicated. <laughs> so it's- yes. And it will look crazy as like an understatement. And that's like the robustness of the system is because of the way it has incorporated all of these five different systems into one cohesive whole. And not that the other things were not whole, but that this is just a new system that was born out of combining all of those. So the chart is definitely complex. It's definitely made my head spin every time I look at it because I don't understand it. And then I go Google it and there's all this other stuff. And Christina is actually working on my human design chart right now. But I just, again, appreciate what you're saying about working with versus against and how that understanding of how we work together. And Christina, correct me if I'm wrong, unless I'm doing something wrong. Like it says that I am a generator also. (laughs) And the thing that I have a hard time with is because I don't necessarily feel like I'm someone who can just go, go, go. And I'm someone who has like, when it's time to be on, when the inspiration comes in, when the creativity comes in, I am on. And that's when I can go. Sometimes it'll be two in the morning, three in the morning. And I'm like, oh, I should probably go to bed, but I'm like just so in the flow. And then I just have periods where I'm like, oh, 
just can't. I just need to rest. I can't do anything. And then, of course, having my hand in all these different projects and pots and passions that I love. And Andrea Renee, who was a guest earlier in season one, actually, I have it pulled up right here. She was our guest in episode 21.0. And she talked a little bit about it. She had shared with me that actually that's where my hermit teacher or something like that comes in. So with that said, Christina, can you now break down some of the different parts of the system? Because, you know, when you look at the graph, it's going to say, here's your type and here's your authority and here's your not self. And then there's like this random number. (laughs) So can you share a little bit with our listeners about the pieces of the chart? Yes, absolutely. So because there are a lot of pieces. So sometimes people will say, what What do I even look at first? Like what should be like the thing that I look at, you know, or the couple things that I should take a look at first and type definitely. So um, energetic types, there's five of them. Some places will have four, but the fifth one is a combination of two of them manifesting generators. So what you were talking about, and I'm going to look at yours right now too, just to make sure I have it all here is um, the generators. So generators, they are the energetic type. And actually, let me go back even a little bit and say that there's five types, but there are millions of different configurations across those. So although like it sounds like, wow, that's pretty general, five different types of people, no, because there's so many layers within those types that are so different. Yes. And I think it's those layers that make it so complex, like as a beginner, as a newbie, as someone who has no idea about it. So thank you for naming that, that, you know, yes, there's five types, but there are millions of combinations of how it can show up. Um, So, okay, back over to Christina. (laughs) (laughs) And so the five types, there's the generators. They are the very energetic beings. They're here to do very much the doers. And there's the manifesting generators, also a very high energy type. Manifesting generators, what kind of differentiates them from generators is generators are here to master their craft. They are here to do the things that really light them up. That's how they generate more energy. So even though generators and manifesting generators are both energy types. And that does not mean that the rest of you guys, like the rest of the types don't have any energy. It's just, these are two types that are able to generate it from within. They have the consistent access to the sacral center. And what um, differentiates a generator from a manifesting generator is manifesting generators are very multi-passionate. Doesn't mean that a generator can't do more than one thing or have a passion outside of their main work. But there's definitely this pull for manifesting generators to put their energy into different things and not always finish them. They're here to kind of like explore and yes, they may finish some of them, but they what's really key for them is allowing themselves to shift as needed. And that's how their energy is. That's how they fulfilled. And it's really for both of those about doing work that fulfills you. When those two types are are doing that and are in alignment, they radiate energy. That is such a you know a gift for the rest of us. And then there's the projectors. These are the guides. These are the very wise guides, and their energy kind of ebbs and flows a little bit more. So they may need a lot more time just to have alone and recharge. I recently did a couple 
um, connection session, there was a manifesting generator and a projector. And one of my tips for the projector is, you know, to definitely spend some time in your own energy to recharge because being around that other energy type, they're taking in a lot. So projectors, yes. And another characteristic about projectors is that they really are because they have so many open centers, which I'll go into centers later, but those open centers are potential wells of wisdom. It's the areas where we're really here to learn and they have a lot of open centers. So they're taking in a lot. They're learning a lot. They're wise. And what they need is um, to trust themselves in sharing that at the right time and being invited in. So um, that's the projectors. And then there are the uh, manifestors. They are the initiators and not necessarily here to do all the doing. Neither are the projectors. They're not necessarily to do all the doing. In fact, let me go back and just say this about projectors. They are really great um, leaders too. Great leaders can potentially be able to manage groups of people really well too. Projectors, manifestors. They are initiators. They kind of like just need to be in their own energy and just go after the thing that they feel um, is right for them. And they may need a lot of time alone to do that. And that can be off-putting for other people, you know, because they're not necessarily here also to finish everything, but they are definitely the ones that that are able to put a voice to things that they want to manifest. And I think the tricky part too is manifestors, we hear the word a lot as manifesting our reality, manifesting what we want. Manifestors in human design, this does not mean that they are the only ones doing that. Manifestors, you can switch out that word to initiators. So all of us have that ability. Um, so I know when some people look, they're like, wait, I'm not a manifester. It's like, no, <laughs> just mean you can't. Yeah. Yeah. And I really appreciate that distinction so that a great reframe for it is not that the rest of us don't manifest, but that really the manifester in human design is an initiator. So thank you. Yeah, exactly. And last but definitely not least is the are the reflectors. And reflector is a very unique. They are about 1% of the population. If we look at the rest, 35% generators, 35% manifesting generators. Is it like 20% projectors? I think like 8% of the manifestors and then 1% for reflectors. So they're very unique. And Jen, all of them are. And reflectors, what's different about them and their design in general is that they have all open centers. So they are really like a barometer in our communities. They reflect back the health and where we're at as a community. The beautiful thing about reflectors is they are able to be deeply empathetic, of course, and they are able to take in and really reflect back to us where we're at. And they have this very dynamic sense of self, too. So the one thing that can be misunderstood about a reflector is they're just changing identity. They are, um, it's really important for them to be in environments that feel good to them and their identity, the shifts that they make for some may feel really inconsistent. And if it's misunderstood, but that's where their gift is, is really their fluidity. And again, that dynamic sense of self, because they have open centers, um, they're able to experience so much of those energies in different ways, which makes them so wise. 
Thank you, Christina, for sharing just so simply what generators and what they're here to do, and which is to do, and the manifesting generators, the projectors, the manifestors, and then the reflectors. And it just, it almost makes me think of like how in any ecosystem, every being has a part to play in a role, right? And so as I'm hearing you, I'm like, wow, this is what makes up our ecosystem and what keeps it balanced, right? Between the initiators and the visionaries and the leaders and the doers and the ones who are taking the barometer of what's happening in the community or in the world. When I put it that way, it just feels like actually is going back to ancient cultures and the wisdom that communities had before colonization. (laughs) Because every member of, of the community really did have their role and their part. And so that's As I'm hearing you describe it, that's what it it leads me to think of is just how every person has a role in order for the functioning of the whole. Yeah. And I often get like questions about like who is more compatible with who? And (laughs) it's like, no, no, no. Like this is like what you said is, is really honoring everyone's role in this whole. And it's not about who is more compatible. It's like we have the opportunity to be compatible with each and every, you know, everyone, if we're willing to see each other with different eyes and see each other for who we really are, who they really are. Yeah. And I'm, I love that. And I'm also chuckling at the fact that like people are like, just who am I compatible with? Right. And again, that's, I'm just going to say it, like some of that is the bastardization of what Western society has done to these ancient um, systems of like astrology, right? And then everybody wants to know like, you know, isn't Aries compatible with a cancer because one is bullheaded and one is like all soft and gushy feely and, and that's, you know, not me and my husband at all. But it's just one of those things where like that's what we've come to believe because of what white cultural appropriation has done to some of these ancient systems. Um, Whereas instead, it's more about this ecosystem where everybody gets along, like we're all compatible as long as we respect what, what ways work best for ourselves and others. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. It really makes me think of the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging work that I'm I'm expanding and growing into because a lot of the DEI work is about that. It's about just how can we all come together and respect one another's differences, which are their strengths in a way, and how can we create an environment where everyone can belong and be respected and for the different gifts and perspectives that they bring. So hearing you speak about it and feeling into it is just taking me on such a deeper journey than I had initially thought, actually. And it's really beautiful to just see, again, how this ancient wisdom really can inform our world today if we break down the conditioning that uh, supremacy and contempt have programmed within us. Right, right. And it is deeply programmed because I know like I myself, when I look, brought up my chart, open centers, even a feeling of deficiency. Mm. Like at first was like, oh, I'm deficient in those areas. And it's like, no, action. So I know like that's something that I definitely share with 
those who I have the opportunity to do sessions with is that when you look at your chart, like it's a, it's a beautiful chart. <laughs> it's a representation of you as a unique. I love how Karen Curry Parker said, like we are a unique once in a lifetime cosmic event. And that body graph is, is that illustration of that. And you are lacking nothing, nothing in there is empty or deficient. And those open centers are the open channels. Anything that's not colored in is not lack. It is where you're here to be so wise and to mm. journey. So yeah, um, but yeah, that definitely came up. You know, it showed up even as I had looked at it the first time and I had to catch myself in that. Thank you for pointing that out. Even your own experience that, wow, it showed up like that conditioning showed up as, oh, I have these open channels. I'm deficient. Like I'm lacking something, right? Something's missing. And that is that sneaky, insidious way that supremacy programming is so deeply embedded within us. So just thank you for naming that and sharing your experience. I really felt your heart in that. Um, Not that I haven't felt your heart, but I could just feel it in my body because I'm familiar with that feeling of there's something deficient. And so I really appreciate you sharing that with our listeners so that they can know when they look up their chart, they're not deficient, they're not lacking. And I know where I'm going with this one because now I'd love to hear a little bit about those centers. If you could share a little bit about those, because one of the things that I appreciated in our last conversation was when you shared about how the centers and the channels and how they connect with the others in our life to bring some of that completion. So tell us a little bit more about that. So centers, when you bring up your chart, you'll see like these different shapes and some of them are colored in some of them might be white you know or not filled in triangles and and squares those are the centers and they um, come from the Hindu chakra system so each of those centers is like an energetic hub an energetic center and they have different themes and from those centers you'll see on your chart like a bunch of little numbers that have circles around them those are gates those are also different energetic themes. Now, when two gates from opposite sides connect, they have this synergy that takes place and it's a whole new kind of like energy. And people just individually, you may have, I believe when I was doing your chart, you have three channels. So just on your own, you have like two gates that connect. However, we also have hanging ones. And if you're looking at your chart and you see, wow, some of them are red, some of them are black. What does that mean? Red is unconscious energy. Black is conscious energy. So oftentimes with the gate that are hanging, meaning there's nothing, there's not another gate on the other end of it. Therefore, it's like not a channel, just kind of there by itself is we may unconsciously or consciously be looking for that other end for the other side of that energetic coupling. And what can happen is when we're in a room with people or when we're in relationship with people, you'll notice like um, things that light you up or things that you might, you guys might like often just um, feel energetically. And that can really speak to where maybe this other person has the corresponding gate that creates a channel that you guys share. So in doing connection sessions, that's what we really look at is the individual body graphs, the individual human design charts. And then 
looking at together, like where we complete each other in a lot of ways, where we light each other up, where we, where our strengths are. So in relationships, I look at the connecting channel. So the places where you and your partner might um, meet. And those are definitely areas that can be potentially strength. And it can also be areas where like, you might find the most tension, you know, because we're so different and that, like you said, conditioning of different, you know, one's got to be better than the other then. One's got to be right and one's got to be wrong. One's got to be acceptable. One's got to be maybe not so acceptable, but it's like, no, no, no. So it could be either, you know, a place where you guys might already be like, yes, this is what we do and we do it well. Or it could be, you know, that's where we quote unquote, like, you know, struggle, or this is where attention is. And maybe it's because you're not seeing where the beauty is and strength in both of those seats coming together. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. And when I hear you, I, I just, again, feel that softness of how if we decondition ourselves to supremacy's programming, we can see the beauty and the gift. And rather than the tension to be right or wrong or better than or less than, right? To have that winning and losing. And instead, it's just a place to compliment, right? And when we respect those differences, the tension doesn't have to be about right or wrong. It can be about complimenting and working together. So that just feels so soft and sweet and gentle in my body. Like, again, just such a different perspective on relationships. <laughs> and as I was listening to you talking about kind of like the gates and the channels, it made me think of like how like when we're vibing with people, that's what I was thinking of. Like when we're vibing with people, like that must be where some of our, our gates come in and complete. Am I saying that correctly? Where our gates uh -huh. come in to complete? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things that like when you look at the chart, a lot of times like human design, like for me and my experience and then in, in doing readings for other people, they're like, wow, this brings like language and in a new way, maybe new verbiage or just a new way of really communicating my experience. It's nothing new. Nothing on there is something like you've never experienced. So when looking at it, like you said, like, oh, these are places where I felt, you know, maybe like I'm really vibing with someone. And then like that vibing with someone versus the butting heads with someone and how actually that butting heads place could also be one of those gates. Because yeah. it makes me think of me and my husband. Early in our relationship, there was a lot we, you know, after the honeymoon period, when Cupid's arrow wore off, it was like there was a lot of headbutting because I was operating under supremacy. You know, I thought I knew what he should be doing or shouldn't be doing and, you know, what his family should and shouldn't be doing. I mean, I was a hot mess, like coming in with all that. And so there were times where there was a lot of headbutting energy. And now a lot of that, as we've like really really learn and grown as individuals and as a couple, it, they really have become our strengths where we do come together and we're able to collaborate. And now we vibe on some of those things as opposed to being in constant opposition. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's like an opportunity to do just that. I don't think I could say it any better than what you just said. <laughs> <sighs> 
Yeah. And it just feels so good. And again, what a novel concept in our Western, you know, uh, Euro colonized world um, is like, wow, that tension doesn't always have to be that way when we learn to respect it. And then we can work together and we can collaborate and create something even more beautiful. My relationship with my husband today is the strongest and one of the most beautiful relationships ever. Like not just for me personally, but I look at all the people in my life and I'm like, yeah, we have done some work to be where we're at today. And we talk about how we're changing the narrative of relationships throughout our generations and our legacies, right? Like we're really getting to change that because of the ways that we have learned to come together. And I know that that's another one of the things that you support people with, with your coaching and how you bring the human design pieces in with that coaching to just help people be in that place of collaboration more often than not because, you know, we're human and I'm not perfect. I can still go there, you know, and my husband can still go there and And then it's like, oh, yeah, breathe, come back. Remember, we're on the same team. We have our different, you know, strengths where we come together. And it's just, um, yeah, just what a gift that you give to your clients, not just those who come to you for human design chart readings, but also those who come to you for your relationship work to help them come to that place of, of softness in their relationships. Mm. Yes, and I'm I'm always just filled with a lot of gratitude for those that I'm able to work with, whether it's couples or the individual that I'm doing human design reading, because truly I've learned so much from them. And it's a continual, like just divine reminder of how unique we are. And also gives like this um, reminder of having this perspective of expansion too, like expansion. Like I, that's one thing I felt human design. It's not constricting. It's not. Yeah. Um, In fact, every part of the human design can be experienced in a million different ways. And I think that's what's so beautiful about it is like, it gives, it gives like, it says, Yes, this is like your blueprint. Um, and, and sorry, my chair is squeaky. And um, this is going to, you're going to experience this however, God, the universe, whatever you believe in, your purpose is like, that's how it's going to be played out. And that's right. <laughs> that's right. So. <laughs> Wow, I just, I love that. And, um, you know, I shared with you offline that I'm going through the lessons of A Course in Miracles right now. And as of the day we're recording this episode, it was like um, lesson 135. And it was all, you know, I'm, I'm doing it with Marianne Williamson and her, uh, you know, where she's doing the videos and she reads them and then she gives us that brief teaching. And today's was all about how there is already a divine architecture like for our life. And we don't have to like, quote unquote, plan 
things um, and then try to force them to make them happen, you know, and this is one of the things that I, and I've been learning um, with Marianne Williamson for a long time. I've been listening to her lectures for a long time, several years, and she always talks about like from A Course in Miracles how an acorn is already pre-programmed to become an oak tree and a bud is already pre-programmed to become a blossom and a fetus is already or an embryo is already pre-programmed to become a baby. And so nature has already programmed that, right? And this makes me think of very like Taoist practices. And you mentioned like a part of human design is the I Ching or I Ching. I'm totally messing that up right now. And it just makes me think of that like natural wisdom, like that architecture is already there. And if it's already there for all those things and already programmed there, who are we to believe that it's not also programmed like that divine plan that divine program for us to flourish and thrive not just thrive but really to flourish the way that oak tree is going to be the way that um bloom you know that blossom is going to be and the way that that embryo does as it's growing into a tiny human I feel like there's so much more that we could talk about and this just feels like such a beautiful space to be in. And so I know that there's other parts of the chart and and that's that thing about the six and the two and all that other stuff, like some of those numbers. And I'm going to let you let us know based on where we're at in the flow of our conversation right now, is there anything else that wants to be said about human design that you want to go into anything else? Or does this feel complete for today? And then people who want to know more can come and follow you and book a reading with you. First, I just want to like say thank you for just offering, just giving that question. (laughs) Here's one thing. Aside from the types, and I know we we did that, and I think the other thing, if you are someone who's looking at your own chart, a great reminder is to also look at your strategy and authority. Profile is also important, but I think for this conversation, especially like where we kind of ended in that in that last part of it, is looking at your strategy, which is basically your cue of how you can interact with the world around you and the stimuli around you in a way that is with the least resistance, like ease. So I feel like this conversation was easy. It was easeful. (laughs) That's even a word. Taking a look at what your strategy said. So for you and for, I believe, manifesting generators and generators, strategy would be to respond, aka magnetism. So what that means is allowing yourself to trust your process, to be present and do the things that you really love and know that more of it's coming your way. The more that you align, the more opportunities will meet you. So it's really for energy types, for generators and manifesting generators, my reminder, like just for you is that I can totally understand why it would be hard to feel like, what? I have to respond. Like I have to wait to respond. But you have this beautiful opportunity to have this dance kind of like with the universe and you do your part in it. 
and doing the things that light you up and the universe just serves up some more for you. And we're responding to things all day, every day. So it's really about responding in a way that aligns with you, your purpose, what you feel is right for you. Some things are here just to observe. Some things are here to act upon. And that would be if you're looking at strategy, responding, maybe something that comes up. Another one is wait for the invitation, which can also be one that people are like, ew, I don't want to wait for an invitation. But that is one that also just asks that you trust your inner guidance and knowing when to share your energy and with who and right timing, because when that happens, it is so powerful. So those are something to look at as your strategy. And then for authority, there's different types of authority. And this is really like your, the how of the strategy. It's how you may best make decisions. And we are living in a culture where we have to make decisions every day. And there's a lot of pressure to do that in a certain way. And to be decisive is superior than to be indecisive. So for some types, I, I point that out because, um, you know, you may be someone whose authority is sacral. That means trust your gut, really listen to it, practice listening to it throughout the day and the little things and the big things. You have an emotional authority. And that means not that you are just, you know, a very emotional person, but what it means is that you have a consistent kind of wave of energy and to allow that wave to pass. Um, because as you sit through the emotions before making a decision, it really brings you clarity. So honoring that, you know, you may need a day, you may need two days, maybe three days to really pay attention to how you're feeling. Because what can happen is when we don't listen to our authority, for instance, I'll, I'll use the emotional authority as an example, is somebody with this authority could say, you know, I really felt like I wanted to do this thing in the moment. I was so excited. And then like literally the next day, I felt nothing of those things, you know, I did not feel like anything like that. And I changed my mind and allowing yourself that space giving yourself permission, communicating that with those around you so that they know how to honor your decision-making inner guidance as well. And then for some like reflectors, they, they are here to, you know, their inner guidance is to wait a lunar cycle, 28 days. And that's obviously not for everything, right? You're not going to wait 28 days in every circumstance, not possible all the time. But what it really does mean is to take your time to talk it out with trusted people. That's how you get the most clarity. So really allowing yourself the time to see to do that. So really looking at those because they can give you just a lot of guidance on how your inner guidance works. Sometimes we work against it. A lot of times our mental will try to override our intuition. Splenic authority is that intuitive knowing it's very much in the moment. So anyone with a splenic authority, you really have to practice listening to your body and what it says right in the moment. Those are ones to really take a look at that can be helpful for anyone who wants to dive more into what that looks like for them or explore your chart and just be reminded of how unique you are and explore a different way of looking at yourself and others. Then you know where to find me. <laughs> I would be more than happy to work with you. Yes. And I just thank you for shining a light on that 
strategy and authority piece also as a way to bring our conversation to completion. Because as I was listening to you, I could very much resonate. I mean, I resonated with everything that you said, especially when you it came to the responding and that magnetism, right? And just like waiting because there was a lot of time for most of my private practice, actually, most of my business, my private therapy practice, it was I kept trying to force things to happen. And I wasn't taking the time to pause and to really connect. And it's funny because as you were talking about feeling one day and then like the next day, it's totally different. And I'm chuckling with that because I totally have that thing where it's like I get an idea and it's like, yes, this is the one that I have to act on instead of like just calming the fuck down and sitting there and being like, okay, and what does my inner guidance say? Like, what does the divine guidance say about that really? Maybe I have shared this on the podcast before, but 2021, my word is obedience because I realized that all of that pushing and forcing that I was trying to do in my business for the first seven years of my business really was coming from a trauma response. Like it was coming from that place of what supremacy culture has done to us as people where we believe that we have to force and hustle to make things happen. And so my way of undoing and kind of dismantling that within me this year so far has been to pause and get quiet and to only act on things when it's the guidance and not when it's my ego based like let's do this and i have to okay is this really what i need to be doing and it makes me think of um something i learned from patrice washington she says just cuz it's a good idea doesn't mean it's a god idea <laughs> and so i have been implementing that and so again i just appreciate you sharing about that because like we said earlier on in our conversation so many of us are out there operating in ways that are counter to what our design is and the way that we are most going to flourish and thrive. And so please, please, please check out Christina at Christina underscore DLA on Instagram. I'll have all the links are in the show notes. And because you really are doing just such amazing life-changing, perspective-shifting work. And I am so happy that you joined us today on the podcast for this beautiful conversation. Like I just, I'm walking away with so much more than I ever thought that I would have. It's so funny because I was like, oh yeah, human design, it's so complicated. And yet you made it just so accessible. And so I know that people who work with you are going to really be able to understand on a level that's just super accessible and not convoluted and complicated and heady. And so just thank you so much, Christina. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for your inspiration and allowing me to look at your beautiful chart as well. It's really a mutual feeling again. I'm walking away feeling fulfilled <laughs> in this conversation and inspired. It's very 
soulful. I feel like every time that we make space for it. So thank you. Yes, I agree. And that is one of the intentions that I always set when I invite a guest on is like really that the medicine that our listeners need to hear be shared today. And girl, you brought it. You brought that medicine and you brought it in your Christina way, which is just so sweet and so gentle and so accessible. So thank you again. And do you feel like there's any closing thoughts as we wrap up? People know where to find you. They know how to book you. They know how to get their own free design chart. And does it feel like there's anything else that is left unspoken that wants to be said as we wrap up today? The only other thing I'll say is if anything I said just really didn't didn't resonate with someone out there, trust that. I always say that with readings. Whoever you go to for a reading is really trust yourself. What lands with you, take that and the rest leave. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you. And thank you for really empowering listeners to listen to their own inner wisdom and their own inner guidance. Thank you. I want to take a moment to honor and acknowledge the amazing support team that helps make this podcast possible for you. Starting with Diego Velasquez, our podcast editor and the talented artist who created our custom music. Ana Olvina, my wonderful assistant who creates all of our beautiful graphics and the transcript of every episode, which you can find over at www.fierceauthenticity.com. Biana Sandich, who writes our amazing show notes and does it so well that I bet you couldn't tell it wasn't me. The talented Jillian at Epoxy Studios, whose photography is our cover art and pretty much every other curated image that you see of me on social media. My husband, who puts up with me when it's 11.30 p.m. on a Sunday night and I'm like, hey babe, I gotta record a podcast episode. Like, right now. Is that okay? My higher power, whose divine wisdom flows through me to bring these messages to you. And last but not least, I want to thank you, my listener, so much for listening in. If you'd like to join the podcast support team, some ways you can do so are by rating and reviewing the podcast, sharing it with everyone you know, and if possible, making a financial contribution through the link in the show notes so that you too can be part of the team elevating this podcast and making it possible to bring to other listeners like you. I'm sending you so much love and we will be together again soon.